tag team. Amen. 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 Well, I grew up that about a half a mile down the road or up the road, whichever way you're going, from a Catholic church. And I used to watch them folks go in every Saturday night and go out and get drunk after they came out of there. I said, well, man, going in there didn't do them no good. I don't need what they got. Amen. I was already a drunk. I didn't have to worry about it. Amen. And I thank God, man, I didn't have to unlearn nothing like Brother Spurgeon said last night. I mean, I was just a heathen. We didn't go to church nowhere. Amen. I got saved and God took me to, amen, the state of North Carolina. Amen. To get me saved. And, you know, they say they got a church on every corner. That's not true. There's four churches on every corner. <laughs> amen. One in each, each spot of the corner. And you look across the street, they got First Baptist Church, then they got Second Baptist Church, then they got Third Baptist Church, then they got Unity Baptist Church. Amen. And, and none of them have got it all figured out yet, but they're there. Amen. And I thank God they were. And I thank God there was a man there named Carl Gibbs. He was my first pastor. And he had gone to an Alexandrian school where they taught him to correct the book. Amen. But down in his heart, he believed the book. And he'd wave a King James Bible. And he'd say this a lot. He'd say, now, I'm, I'm telling you, this book is your final authority in all matters of faith and practice. He said, I'm not talking about a book you can't read. I'm not talking about a book you can't understand. I'm talking about the book I'm holding right here in my hand. So I got it drove into me that the King James Bible was my final authority. So I got transferred in the military and God sent me to Las Vegas. Amen. Of all places. Sin City, right? And I prayed and God sent me to a church, amen, and thank God, man, I mean, my wife got saved in Las Vegas, Nevada, amen, in a Bible-believing Baptist church, amen. amen, and what a blessing it was, amen, I mean, she got double-dipped, amen, I know she got saved, I got a new wife when that happened, and man, I'm telling you, what a blessing to not have to figure out all this stuff, amen. you know, I, I went and, and, and you know, when you get saved, the Bible says there in Romans 8, 16, it said the spirit of self beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And brother, if you didn't get him in there, you didn't get him. You get it? You didn't get what the rest of us got. Why? Because he's in there. If you got saved, the Holy Ghost of God took up residence in your soul. And he will guide you into all truth, just like Jesus said. Amen. Because there I was, man, really left alone. All I, all I knew, all I really had latched on to in the amount of time that I was there in North Carolina was that my King James Bible was my final authority in all matters of faith and practice. And, man, I got out there, and I had to sort it out, man. I went to a church out there where we now have a Bible institute. But at that time, it was not a Bible-believing church. I mean, it was a mess. Guy had a JW lady sitting over here. Had, a, had a, a, a Mormon over here. I mean, all you, you name it, it was a hodgepodge. He loved people, but he did not know doctrine. Amen. And I finally figured it all out. I went to him. I said, look, I'll help you straighten it out. He didn't want to straighten it out. He liked it being a mess. I said, well, I've got to leave then. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. And that's when I got into a Bible-believing church out there, found one. About 22 miles away, clear across the city at that time, the only Bible-believing church there. Now, that church there is now a Bible-believing church. Amen. That where, where I started at. And what a blessing, man. God has a way of straightening things out. Amen. Amen. And I'm thankful he does. And, uh, you know, if you don't get this book right, your whole life's going to be a mess. Amen. Amen. I mean, the Bible says the steps for good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Right? Well, how's he going to, how's he going to direct them? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. 
And so if you don't have that book right, you're going to be walking a real crooked line. And you're going to be so messed up. But man, I thank God. Amen. That Holy Ghost in there said, this is what you do. And then I had some guy, the first Sunday I was in Las Vegas, first time in town, man. I walk in that morning, that pastor grabbed me by the elbow and he said, are you a preacher? And I said, well, I preach in nursing homes and jails and street corners and wherever God opens the door. You want to preach? I'm thinking, I just got to town, man. You don't know me from Adam's house cat. What, I, I really, I don't want to preach. I want to hear you preach. I'm looking for a home church where my family can go because I'm going to be gone from here a lot. I'm in an outfit that's it's a black outfit, and I'm going to be in black ops, and I'm not going to be round. So, you know, I need some place where I trust my family can be there and get fed, and I'll let you preach. I said, no, please, no. I'm serious. I'll let you preach. I said, no. I came to hear you preach. I'm going to listen to you preach. He said, come back tonight. I said, all right, I'll come back tonight. I came back that night, and that's where God called me to preach from, right there. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Wow, that's what I thought. Wow. This is crazy, man. But what a blessing. What a blessing. Take your Bibles and go to Hebrews 11. One step at a time. Amen? One step at a time. And I thank God he leads through fire and water. Amen? He leads through darkness. He leads through light. I mean, he'll lead you all the way. Hebrews 11. I had you turn there, right? We're going to read that first couple verses. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, so much for all you've done. God, just bringing us this far. Thank you so much for saving us, for keeping us, for blessing us beyond measure, Lord. Now, tonight we come to you hungry once more, God, needing something from heaven. God, the best I know how I give you this vessel, ask you to fill it to overflowing and allow that overflow, please, to speak to each heart. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Be seated. Those first two words, now faith. Been a lot said and a lot made of, you know, these last days lately. Amen. And, and what's ahead for us, right? What's coming? Uh, and we've already just discussed it, amen. It's not going to get any better. Amen. amen. And I'm not here again. I'm not here to, oh, whoa. no, man. Hey, listen, man, you serve the Lord God of heaven. Amen. The God that wrote that book, the God that spoke and there was a world. If he can't get you through this time, what kind of a God would he be? Amen. amen. Now, faith, right now, today, faith. Amen. Faith for what you're facing. Faith for what you're going through. Faith for what you're yet to go through. And there's some things we're going to go through we ain't never gone through before. Amen. And that's kind of what I want to preach on. Going where you've never been before. Amen. Going where you've never been before. Said there that faith was the evidence of things not seen. There ought to be something in you that speaks of faith. Somebody ought to be able to watch you just for a little bit of time and discover that you've got faith. Amen. You ever see somebody just knew they were saved? Ever had anybody come up to you and say, hey, man, are you a Christian? You just look like it. I've told the story many a time. I was walking into Walmart one night. I'm on my way home. I'd been at the church helping somebody. I had my bib overalls, my white T-shirt, my ball cap on. I had sawdust all over my hat. I'd been doing some work around the church. And I walk into Walmart, 
and a woman meets me right there in a big crossroads right behind the, where the cash registers and this line goes that way and, and the aisle goes that way. And she stopped me right there in that cr crossroads, that intersection. She said, are you a preacher? I want to take my hat off, see if somebody stuck a sticky note on the hat that said preacher. How in the world did she know that? I looked at her and I said, yes, ma'am, it just so happens I am. But, but, but I'm a Christian before that. I said, God saved me. And then he called me to preach. She said, I knew you as a preacher. Would you pray for me? Would you pray with me? And I said, well, yes, ma'am, I'd be glad to. And, man, she started pouring out her heart. She had a burden for her family, for her kids. And there we are, man. I said, well, we got down on our knees right there. Amen. Right in that intersection. So you can't do that. Too late. We already did. Amen. And we're down there praying. I'm praying and pouring it out for her family. And she's weeping. And I'm weeping because she's weeping. And I mean, it's, oh, my God, you got to do something for this lady, you know. We get all done praying. And I get up. Man, she lights up like a light bulb. She says, thank you so much for caring and praying for my family. Thank you for praying for my kids. And, and she started to go off. And I said, wait a minute. I said, ma'am, I said, I got to ask you, how did you know as a preacher? I don't have my man of God costume on, you know. And she said, you just look like a preacher. I knew right there, Brother Dave, she didn't see me. She saw somebody else. I wasn't dressed like a preacher. I didn't look like a preacher. I looked in the mirror, man, later. I said, that don't look like no preacher to me. Now, I preached for a guy downstate Pennsylvania, amen, where I preached in bib overalls and a white T-shirt, but that was different. But I'm here to tell you, man, it didn't look like no preacher. What did she see? She saw somebody from above, hey, man. You know what I want? I want more of that, man. I want people to be able to look and say, hey, man, there goes a Christian. There goes somebody that can help me. Amen. And, beloved, if, you're going, if we're going to go on in this thing, it's going to take faith. The same faith that saved us, amen, is going to get us home. Amen. Now faith. Not yesterday faith. You know, and I'm not minimizing, I've said it before, I'm not minimizing, you know, what these great people of faith, George Mueller and some of the others, amen, and Brainerd and all those guys, I'm not minimizing what they've done, but I got tired of hearing the stories one day. So how'd you get tired of that? Because is God still alive today? Amen. Huh? I said, man, if he did it for them, why won't he do it for me? Amen. Now faith. Right now, what's your faith doing for you right now? Amen. You got a story right now, amen, that God did for you. Amen. I tell you, you've been at it a little while. You ought to have many stories. Amen. Run back to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertained to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof the glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. You know what will happen? You'll act on what you believe. What do you believe? You know, you go over there, John 6, and amen, there's some disciples over there that went away at a hard saying. They murmured at a hard saying. You know why they got to murmuring? You read the whole context, it's because they had unbelief. Amen. I don't want to be an unbeliever, man. I was that once. Amen. Abraham believed God. You know what he did? He just took God at his word. 
And brother, you've got his word right there and you can take every bit of it, amen, for your life and do something for God. And you can follow God and you won't miss God, amen, if you'll just follow what God tells you to do from that book. The steps of good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. Order my steps thereto in thy word, the psalmist said. Brother, don't tell me you don't know which way to go. I understand sometimes there's more than one way to go. I had that happen to me last February. Amen. When my trailer's falling apart and I'm leaving pieces going down the road. Amen. And I don't know what to do, man, because I don't want another debt, man. I just got this one about paid off. I don't want another one. Lord, what do I do? I'm getting too old to do all this stuff and have a bunch of debt on my head. Lord, please, you got to show me. If you want me to do it, I'll do it, God, because I know you'll pay the bill. I don't worry about that. But I just don't want to, to have to if I don't have to. And I had three different ways I could go. And man, I'm telling you, you know what happened? You know what that is? That's confusion. Man, I got to pray and I said, God, I'm, this is confusing me. Listen, man, I'm a hillbilly. You got to make this thing simple. Amen? Because if it ain't simple, I'm going to miss it. And I'll go the wrong way. I'll go the way Cliff wants to. And I don't want to go the way Cliff wants to. Cliff has walked with you now for 42 years and he's enjoyed every step of the way. I don't want to make the wrong step here, Lord. Please make it simple. And man, that afternoon, God just... That way, right there. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Abraham just believed God. He took God at his word for what he said. I mean, now get this thing. I said back there that Abraham was 90 and 9. And the Lord comes to him and says, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Your seed's going to be as a sand of the sea. Man, the stars of heaven. And here's Abraham, 99. He's past that age, you know what I mean? And there's Sarah. She's past that age. I mean, put yourself in his shoes. But you know what he did? He believed God. He took God and his word. Why? He figured, amen, that if God said it, God could do it. Amen. amen. I mean, he'd already seen some things God had done. Go back to Genesis chapter 22. The problem with God, Hebrews 4.2 says this, the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Got to be some faith involved, some now faith, some right now when God speaks, amen, pay attention. Just take God at his word. Just believe God. Paul's out there on the ocean, man, and his ships are rocking and things are falling apart and they're casting away parts of the ship. Amen. What did he say? Sirs, I believe God. Amen. I told you he shouldn't have went this way, but you didn't listen. That's my paraphrase. Amen. Why? He believed God. God said, don't go. He they should not have went. You know, that's a good, uh, a good illustration for folks that are a little weak in faith. Maybe just getting started on the life of faith and you need some advice. You go to your pastor. Listen to what he says. Amen. Amen. He'll give you counsel out of this book. Amen. You get counsel out of that book. Listen to what he says. Why? That's God's counsel right there. And there's some things, man, it's plain in there. Amen. And you know what you ought to do. Our problem is not knowing what we ought to do. It's doing what we ought to do. Amen. Take God at his word. Look at verse, chapter 22, Genesis, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Man, 
I mean, what would you have done if you'd been Abraham right there? Lord, that's my only son. Uh, Lord, you know, I've been watching this thing here ever since I've been alive. I'm 99 right now. And, and Lord, and well, after that, he's a little older than that because Isaac's already a teenager. He said, Lord, I've been at this thing over 100 years. And I ain't never seen nobody, nobody offer their son, especially their only child, their only son. Lord, this is, no, what did it say over there in Romans? It said he believed God, but you know what he did? He took God at his word, figuring that if God was going to put him down, God was going to raise him up. Amen? But I'll tell you what, Abraham's the first guy to ever go that way. You know what? He's the only human ever went that way. Amen? I mean, God's going to put you to the test. You see faith tested. You're going to walk by faith, it's going to be put to the test. There's going to be some things go wrong. Why? Just to see if you're real. Will you do what you told God you would do? Man, I'll tell you, I, I said last night many a time, the Lord's brought that, that decision that I made, that I told him back 42 years ago in North Carolina, 249 Squire Avenue, Goldsboro, North Carolina, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, 10 o'clock Saturday night, first Saturday night in March 1981. I got down on my knees and I said, God, please help me. God, I'll go your way all the way home. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. But God, please help. And many a time, man, the Lord's brought me around after things and said, well, is that still on the table? Yes, sir, Lord. Amen. And it's staying there till you get me home. Amen. Why? Because this is the best thing ever happened to me. He said, take thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest. Now, Lord, uh, you know, I, I know I love him, and you know I love him. You said so, but do you love him? I mean, you want me to take him up there and do what? Is that what happened? There's none of that recorded. What happens? Verse 3, and Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. I mean, he went to the exact place, Brother Joe. He didn't miss it. But you know what? He didn't know where it was. When he started out, he didn't have a map. God didn't tell him, take him up there to Mount Moriah and write this spot right here. You know, coordinates, you know, 35 degrees right, you know, 17 degrees north. I mean, No. God knew where he was going, but Abraham didn't. Back up just a couple pages. Back up about uh, chapter 17, verse 1. Here's how Abraham knew already at that point what to do was just believe God and follow God. Right here. And when Abraham was 90 years old, nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make a covenant, my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And he fell on his face. So you're going to find out here a little bit later he's doing the same thing this time. He worshiped God. Amen? He worshiped God. But what did he do? He said, walk before me. Abraham was already walking with God, man. He already knew, amen, that God was faithful. He already knew God would keep his promise. Hey, he's got the, pro the first promise God gave him. He's got Isaac right there with him, right? 
He knows God's faithful. He knows that God's going to perform what he said he would do. Amen. And what's he do? He doesn't question. He just says, okay, here we go. Amen. He rose up early. He got at it. By faith, he just believed God. So his faith is getting tested, but what's he do? His faith takes action. Amen. His faith takes action. You know what he did? He abandoned all that he held dear. He abandoned his hopes. He abandoned his dreams. I mean, listen, man, God's already told him that's the seed it's going through. Remember, uh, Abraham tried to help God out. Remember that? Uh, man, he, he failed miserably, and, and the Israelites are still paying for it. Yeah. Amen? Hey, listen, whatever we, the, the decisions we make aren't going to affect just us. <coughs> Amen? Somebody's watching us. Somebody's following us. Amen? Right there sits one of my daughters and one of my son-in-laws and some of my grandkids right there. Amen? And my decisions affect them. Man, I can turn the wrong way and mess them all up. Amen? I want to do it right. Why? For their sake. Amen? But there's other people too, man. There's other people besides them watching. Amen? There's people that I've influenced and I've infected along the way. Or affected, I should say. Not infected. People that I've affected, man, my faith, amen, has, has, God has used it to, to open their eyes and, and the word of God to open their eyes. And now they're following God. What would it be, man, if I just dove off into some kind of craziness, you know? Amen? But Abraham abandoned it all, everything, man. I mean, the very promised seed, man, Abraham had to abandon the hope that, for what? For faith that God said he was going to raise him up. Amen? So there it is. Amen. Are we getting this? Amen. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? And look at verse 8. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. What's that? That's an answer to verse 7. When, when Isaac speaks to, to his father and says, uh, here am I. And he said, uh, Abraham says to his boy, here am I. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? For burnt offering. See, this kid had been around walking with daddy long enough and watched daddy walk with God. He knew what it meant to walk with God. And he knew what it meant to make a sacrifice. He knew to make a sacrifice, you got to have a lamb. Amen. You got to have something that sheds blood. He knew enough to know that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sin. Amen. And here it is. They got the fire. They got the wood, but they got no sacrifice. So what's Abraham say? God will provide himself. You know, that's what's so good about the King James Bible. It didn't say God will provide a, a, a sacrifice. God will provide himself a lamb. Not God will provide a lamb. He's the lamb. <laughs> amen. And so Abraham knew, amen, God was going to come through. And you know what's going to happen? There he is, but what's he do? He just keeps going. He just keeps going. Why? Because he's not to the point yet. He's not to the spot. He's not where God says this is where it happens. And if you and I are going to get this thing and watch God do it all the way home, we're going to have to be where God's at. Amen. Brother Jack, would you say if I go someplace and God ain't there, I get out real fast. Amen. I want to be where God's at. Amen. That's why I like it around here, man. God's here. Amen. God meets with us here. And it ain't just some kind of religion going on about something we think or what we ought to do. It's about God, man. And God does things here. And that's what you want to see. Amen. And so what happens? Uh, you're going to have to go over the mountain sometimes before you can see God do what God's got to do. And down through a valley. Amen. Many a time, many a time, 
we're going to go through the valley. And most of us in here have been through the valley a time or two. Amen? But we came through, didn't we? Why? Because God's still God. Amen? And we can still have faith in our God. Amen? And verse 9, they came to the place, notice it's the place, which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. You know, out of all the stuff, I mean, you think about it. If Abraham was not going to believe God out of all the stuff, I mean, suppose, you know, he left the wood behind. Well, they could have found wood out there. I know it's a desert, but there's enough scrounge out there. You could have found wood, right? But out of all the stuff, I'd have left the knife behind, man. Why? Why? Hey, if I don't have the knife, I can't kill him, right? Amen? And God ain't going to want me to beat him to death, right? No. He brought the knife. He knew what it was for. He knew what he had to do. And he knew by faith God was going to come through. Amen. Faith trusted God. And it did because of his passion for God, his love for God, his understanding of God. And the angel of the Lord called him out unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Man, that says a lot right there. You know, Abraham only called him once to go. But when he got up there and the knife's coming down, God had to, had to call out to him twice. Abraham, Abraham. I'm telling you, man. Abraham believed God. Amen? Now faith. Faith for what had to be done. Say, why did it have to be done? Because God said so. Amen? We got to get over this stuff of what people think about it. What God say? That's what we need to do. Amen? And just take it for what it says. Uh, There's no allegory. Amen? I thank God, man. When I got saved, God put me in a Baptist church. Amen. Independent Baptist with a, with a guy with a heart that believed the Bible. And he taught me, he drilled it into me to believe the Bible. I didn't have to wonder about things. I remember sitting there and some, we'd go to some of them big meetings down in Carolina, you know, and, and they'd uh, get some of the preachers, uh, you know, they, they kind of preach like this, uh, you know, and they'd get rolling on that thing. And, and one guy one night, he got up there and he said, and bless God, if you didn't pray uh, in Jesus' name, uh, you're not even saved. And I went, I didn't pray in Jesus' name. I didn't know he was supposed to. I mean, I was a heathen when I got saved. I know nothing about praying in Jesus' name. I just talked to God like I talked to anybody else. I called him God. I said, okay, God, here it is, man. You know, that's what I knew. I had a guy the other day, man, he said, this guy got saved out in Phoenix a year ago. And he, he came back to the service. I was there back about a month, month or two ago. He came out, and he's, he's got this lingo, you know. Russ Burge, you know what I'm talking about. It's that street lingo. It, just, it takes a while to get some of those rough edges off, you know. And this old boy's still got some rough edges, you know. And so he's talking to me, and he's talking to Wayne, and he just stops. And he's right in the middle of his, of his sentence, he just stops. He says, would, 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 would God listen to me using these words? I said, he listened to you all along. He listened to you when you got saved, didn't he? I said, you didn't pray, you didn't pray some flowery prayer when you got saved, did you? Well, no. I just told him what was on my heart. I said, then tell him what's on your heart. 
Listen, man, if God can understand an Ethiopian and he can understand a Chinaman and he can understand a Jew and he understands some uh, uh, Greek over there and understand some Englishman here and some Mexican down there and some Argentinian down there all at the same time, he can understand you. Amen. Just tell him what's on your heart, man. Just tell him what's on your heart. And so there it is. Amen. He's, he's trusting God because he loves God. He believes God. He's seen God work. And God had to call him twice to stop him. You know, what really happened? He found out that his faith was true. Verse 12. He said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. His faith was true. You know how you know you got true faith? Do you do what God says? Amen. Do you do what God says? I mean, you're walking like that book says walk. I mean, trying at least. Amen. I know, man. It's hard and it's stinking flesh. It's rotten. You know? But amen, there ought to be a good, good effort. Amen. You ought to get A for effort at least. Amen. I'm trying to walk the best I can by that book. Amen. Though my flesh rise up and get in my way and I, you know, I do dumb things sometimes. Amen. All of us do. All of us do. Amen. Uh, 42 years and I ain't got over it yet. I still find it. Amen. I'm still making a mess now and then. Amen. It just happens. <laughs> Amen. What do you do? Get right, get up, and go on. That book says we are not of them which draw back unto perdition, but of them which believe unto the saving of the soul. Amen. Now, you ain't going to draw back unto perdition. Uh, you and I, man, we can't draw back that far. I mean, we're saved, saved, saved. Amen. You have inside of you the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. You have him dwelling in your soul. Amen. He lives in there. Amen. That's why you go to do some of those things you used to do. And it's like, ah, I can't do that no more. Amen. I'll never forget my father. Man, I, I happened to be there when he got saved. And it was glorious, man. I mean, he, I, he came to me. He said, son, he pointed down front. He said, he pointed right down in here at the church we were at. He said, would you walk down there with me? Man, I had my father under this arm, had my Bible in this hand, and I'm squalling and, and just, I mean, carrying on. I get down there. He falls to his knees, and he's like this, like this here. And I fell to my face right here beside him, and he's over there, and I can hear him. And he, oh, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm so wicked. Oh, God, please, God, would you forgive me? I'm so sorry. And then it got quiet. So I got up on my knees and I looked over at him. He said, Cliff, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. I said, Dad, what's gone? That burden, it's gone. And the church went nuts, man. <laughs> Amen. So a few months went by. And at that time, there was not a Bible-believing Baptist church in the whole county where my dad lived. Brother Bruce Ireland later went there. He's there now. But wasn't one then. So they were going to this church, and the guy was an NIV toter. And I tried to warn my dad graciously. You know, I said, well, you need to watch out for that guy. He does not believe the Bible. He may preach from that NIV, but he doesn't believe it. And he only believes it's good as, as well as somebody could translate it. I said, he doesn't believe he's got the very words of God. And I said, because he can't. He don't have them. And I said, you need, tr don't trust him. Don't, I said, just be careful, be careful. I mean, I hate to say that about a pastor, but I said, be careful. 
And my mother came unglued. It's a long story there, but I told my mom that day, I said, I'll give that man six months. He'll be out of the ministry. And it was almost six months to the day my father and another man caught that preacher in the church with a young girl. That just about destroyed my dad. He pulled it. He went, you know what he did? Same thing about 90%, a bunch of us anyway. We'll do as a young Christian, new to, the, new to the Lord, new to walking with God. He went back to the old fleshly ways. He'd been going in a bar just around the corner from the church for months since he got saved. He'd go in there and sit there, drink seven up, and preach to all his buddies. Because he said, you won't come to church, I'll come in here and preach to you. And he sat there and preached to them until the barkeep threw him out. He said, you got to get out of here, man. You don't, they see your car, they won't even stop. God, my, my, my dad said, well, praise God, man. Just shut her down, man. We'll make a church out of it, you know. And so there he is. He goes back in that bar. Two drinks, preacher, two drinks. My mother called me that afternoon. She's bawling. Dad's been drinking. He's back in the bar. And she's just, you know, he's lost his salvation. I said, Mom, he didn't lose his salvation. Oh, he lost his salvation. I said, Mom, he didn't lose his salvation. Oh, he lost his salvation. Mom, he did not lose his salvation. I said, if anything, this is living proof that he belongs to God. He had a car wreck. A semi hit his car. 1981 Chevy Citation. Knocked him 300 feet. Like this, out into a cornfield that had been cut down. And they had to drag him out. They took him to the hospital. I drove four hours to get to the hospital. I walked in, had my Bible on my arm. There sat my dad. He looks over at me. I said, uh, Dad, you better thank God. He said, why is that, son? I said, because my Bible says and your Bible says, that King James Bible I gave you says this. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Dad, this is living proof. God has received you. You belong to him. You cannot go back to the way you used to be without getting whooped by God. He said, tears come down his face. He said, I know that better than anybody now, son. I said, praise God, man. And we fellowship for a couple hours. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to tell you, man. He found out his faith was true. He found out his faith was real. He found out his God was real. Amen. Why? Because God said, no, no, you can't do that. Amen. Amen. You're going to get amen tested. And when that faith gets tested, what are you going to do? You're going to take action. You know, Abraham could have listened to everybody around him. You know, some of those others we read about in the Old Testament, some of those others, even with the New Testament, if, you know, if they'd listened to those around them, they'd have never got their name in the book. And hey, listen, there's a whole bunch more folks in the book of Hebrews back there in the end of Hebrews 11 that didn't get their name in the book. But they're in there. You read Hebrews 11, there's some, their name's not there, but man, they, they endured something. They went through something. Why? Because their faith got put to the test. And they decided, I'm going on for God. I'm not backing off. I'm not going back. I'm not turning around. I'm going on for God. And then you know what they found out? They found their faith was true. Amen. And not only find their faith was true, but they had faith triumphant. Look at verse 13, chapter 22. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. Man, the Lord done did it again. Amen. 
He done provided Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. God's got a mount for you, beloved. And on that mountain, you're going to see your faith come to fruition. You're going to see God after the valleys, after all the trials, after all the hardships, after all the testings, you'll see God standing. Amen. Rewarding you for going on for God in spite of everything else. Amen. He rewards it. Verse 15, the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. Thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Listen, man, you want to know why the nations of the world have been blessed and why they got prosperous? It's because people came into them, namely the Jews. Germany got to be the rise to power and be as great as it was at one point because the Jews were there. Amen. God used that Jew to be a blessing to them. There's a town over in Pennsylvania. I went to a little Bible school there for a while. I didn't last long. I was too much a Bible believer for them. But anyway, they, uh, there was a, a Jew there. His name was uh, Sigmund Weiss. And he had the, all these wise stores. And they called him it's W-E-I-S. And uh, this guy had so much money. I did work in his house one time. And the faucets in the bathroom sink were gold. I don't mean they were painted gold. They were gold. Amen. I mean, this guy had it. He was loaded. Right. And every Gentile in that town hated that guy. But you know what he had? He had a business that wouldn't quit. He had a grocery store you could go into that was always clean. And the aisles were always wide enough. You didn't have to go in there and bump around and say, excuse me. There was plenty of room to go shopping. One of the nicest stores I've ever been in. And God blessed that old boy. He spread out. He's all over central PA now. A whole bunch. He's gone now. He's in wherever he went. He died. But I'm telling you this, man. God blessed that town. God put that town on the map because of him. Amen. I mean, you know what we got today? We don't have that same promise that Abraham got. But we're told to take the gospel into all the world, right? You know what I've noticed? Wherever folks take the gospel and folks receive it there, God blesses that nation. I remember going into New Guinea the very first time. And man, I'm telling you, you talk about backwards, third world. I mean, it was like fourth or fifth world. Amen. I mean, we got off the airplane and it, I mean, shoo. I mean, the smell was like, wow, you got to be kidding me. Amen. And it wasn't very long. And I started watching. And next thing I knew, man, prosperity came. Why? You know what happened? I watched people get saved. I watched no boy get saved. I mean, naked as a jaybird when he got saved, 17 years old, got saved. Bushman had a little tank it leaves hanging around a, bar a bark belt, and that was it. I watched him get saved, and he prayed the night he got saved. He said, God, I don't believe you'd ever call me to preach. But he said, God, I want to help my people get the gospel. And, Lord, if you'll bless my business, I want to start this business. If you'll bless that business, I will strive to give you back half of everything that comes in. I, I told that story in Kenya. The Kenyans, they all met me like this. When I got to New Guinea, they met me like this. 
Man, they just, they were thankful, man. They just wanted to love me, man. They, they thought I left the second heaven to come to New Guinea. And I said, how many of y'all would do that right now? How many of y'all would come forward and, and if you're not saved, get saved. And if you are saved, and just bow and say, Lord, uh, if you'll bless what I'm putting my hand to, I will strive to give you back half of everything that comes in. Not started with it, but I'll work to where I get to it. I was over there in 07. My son-in-law and I went over there. We did a survey trip for my son-in-law to the place where he's now at. And as we went in, we had to be in Port Moresby for a little while. And I was in the bank waiting on my son-in-law to exchange some money. And I turned and looked in the door. And they had steps coming up into the room like this through the door. And I looked and I recognized the fellow. Eke Lama is his name. And I saw him, saw his face. He come up. And I turned like this. And immediately when he saw me, he went <gasps> like that. So I went <laughs> like that. And, man, I'm telling you, we met each other head-on collision right in the middle of the bank, and we're hugging each other and dancing around and squalling and shouting and having a great time, and everybody in the place looking at us. So, man, these, these folks are weird, man. There we were, right? And he finally, when all the excitement kind of dwindled down a little bit and we could talk to each other and stop bawling and stuff, he said, Cliff, he said, do you remember my prayer? I said, okay, I have told the world about your prayer. You have been an example to folks you've never met. And he said, well, he said, you know, I, I, I said, God, I strive to give you back half. He said, yeah. He said, this year, God enabled me to give 55% of my income. I said, okay, tell me the story. How did it happen? He said, well, he said, I started buying businesses. And that's what he did at first. He'd buy a, start a business, and out of that business, he'd, he would grow it. Then he'd buy another business and grow it, buy another business and grow it. And he had businesses all over the country. But he said, you know, he said, I got to where the businesses would support me. And he said, so uh, I just started helping churches everywhere. And he said, uh, you know, he said, I, my people, all the people, you know, the do people wanted me to run for government. So he said, I ran for office. He said, I got elected just like that. No, no holds barred, man. He said, I got elected. He said, next thing I know, man, he said, the, the, the party just kept pushing me forward, pushing me forward, pushing me. This guy had a sixth grade education. Now, to, with you and me, that's like, I see the cat, the cat sees me. That's a sixth grade Papua New Guinea education. You know what I mean? And so here he is. And now he's the third man in the government of Papua New Guinea at this time, 2007. And he said, he starts weeping again. I said, okay, what's wrong? He said, nothing. He said, but I, I had to resign from office. I'm thinking, what'd you do? He said, God called me to preach. <laughs> I told him I didn't think he'd ever call me to preach, but God called me to preach. I had to go to Bible school. And now he's helping churches all over the country. Nor he's at right now. I'm telling you, brother, you can't beat this thing, man. You can't beat this thing. I get a picture from my granddaughter and my grandson. They're clean out on the tail of the dragon. You look at Papua New Guinea, it looks like the tail of a dragon. And way out on the tail is a place called Alatau. That's where God sent them. Well, Mike, they sent me a picture standing there with a national guy and said, Papa, do you recognize him? Want to guess who it was? <coughs> Eke Lama. God sent him there. He was already there when my granddaughter and my grandson got there. And he's helping them with the church. I mean, you start investing in this thing, you don't know where it's going to end. I mean, all this in heaven too, man. 
And you don't know what that thing's going to pay you back. Man, you worry about, hey, here I am. We're worried because there they are. They're over there. It's one of the wildest spots in all of New Guinea. And, they're the, and who's God put right there with them? God used to be a right-hand man. Right there he is. Amen. Watching over him. He said, he said, Brother Cliff, I got my eye on him. They'll, they'll be all right. I'm, I'm, I'm right here. Amen. Amen. You can't beat this thing. Brother, this thing of faith, you just go do what God tells you to do. Amen. Don't hold back. You got no cause to hold back. Man, Abraham got put to, I mean, the ultimate test, man. Go ahead and kill your son, Abraham. Put him on the altar. He's going to die. But don't worry. I'll raise him up again. Amen. I remember laying my children. I mean, we didn't physically lay them down. But we came to the altar and said, God, you gave us these kids. And they're yours. And whatever you decide to do with them, that's fine with me. We got one here. She's here tonight. Got one in Florida. Got one in New Guinea. Man, the one in Florida, y'all remember her. Many of y'all prayed for her years ago. She got a little sideways with me, a little sideways with God. You know what she's excited about now? I get these little posts from this little WhatsApp thing, and she says, Dad, man, we had this parade. We passed out 3,000 tracks, man. What a blessing. Man, this is exciting. She's excited about serving God. Daughter in New Guinea, man. And I'll tell you what she's doing. She's serving God. Amen. Serving God. She's married to a knothead, but they're all knotheads when they take your daughter, you know. Yeah. Amen. So, you know, nothing better. You can't beat this thing. I mean, go ahead and try. You can't beat it. Everywhere you turn. What do you say? I'm going to bless you. Not only that, I'm going to bless others because of you. Just because you did what I told you and you believed me. And I'm going to bless others because of you. And this thing just keeps compounding, man. I still get calls, man, from overseas. I'll go back. The Lord has let me go back everywhere that I've been and started something and worked something and got it going and built maybe an institute and helped you know, train some men. And I've been able to go back. In every case, somebody has come up to me when I go back. And they look at me. And I don't even know them. And their tears run down their face. It's happened in Kenya. It's happened in Cuba. It's happened in Europe. It's happened in New Guinea several times. Mexico. And they come up and they look at me and they say, thank you. And I say, I'm sorry, but I don't even know what you're thanking me for. What I do. Had one in Kenya, the whole family got saved. The Sunday my wife and I had, had left to come back, the whole family got saved. Husband, wife, two kids got saved. And they met me. They saw me, heard I was in town. They met me, came right to the store where I was standing, hugged me, crying, saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Their whole family got saved. They said, preacher, when I asked them, why are you thanking me? They said, because you're the white man that loved us. And gave us a little church up on the hill. And we went to that little church and we heard the man there that you taught. We heard him say, he's the Kenyan man. He's known as a Kenyan man that makes sense of the Bible. We went to hear what he had to say. And that sense got a hold of us. 
we got saved. Thank you. And man, now you got them going out and telling somebody else. Who's going to go out and tell somebody else? Who's going to go out and tell somebody else? I mean, this thing, where's it going to end? At the rapture. Amen. What a blessing to live by faith that works now. Right now. It's good for today just like it was the day you got saved. And God's just as good today as he was back then. And his promises are still yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And you can take every one of them to the bank. Amen. Now faith. Father, thank you for the privilege. I pray there's been something said that would help folks in their walk with you. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.